You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to On the Bench Instant Reaction as the Knolls fall on a walk-off Hail Mary by Jacksonville State. Florida State lost 20-17 to on Saturday inside Dope Campbell Stadium. It marked FSU's first ever loss to an FCS program. I'm not sure if this is part of the climb or not, but the Seminoles lost on a 59-yard touchdown pass from JSU quarterback Zarek Cooper as time expired. Um, FSU managed just three points in the second half, a 53-yard field goal by kicker Ryan Fitzgerald. JSU scored two touchdowns in the final five minutes to pull off the upset. I have Chris Knee and Brendan Sinone here with me. Uh, Chris, Brendan. Well, Chris, let's start it with you. What, yes, what, Joshua. What, what can we even? What can you say about tonight's loss? I'm I'm literally walking around the stadium, heading back to my car after that. Um, yeah, I mean, 59 yard walk off, inexcusable play, but it was a game filled with that. You got 11 penalties on FSU in this game. They self-destructed on themselves constantly. I mean, it's mind just it's mind-blowing how much they don't like themselves and how much they do themselves in. And you you can't afford to do that. You're not a good football team. You can't afford to be your own worst enemy. And they took that to a special level this evening. And that's why they're leaving with a massively embarrassing loss. I thought it was a very ex- extremely poorly coached game, personally. Um you know, that's my opinion of it, watching it the first time out. Obviously, I'll go back and watch it multiple times. But there were a lot of things I did not like about the approach of the coaching on the evening. Um, and then, obviously, the execution by the players was just poor. Yeah, and uh, the players spoke on that. You know, Mackenzie Milton was vocal after the game talking about some of the positions that they found themselves in, first and 20, third and 15. Uh, Brendan, it felt like they were battling all night, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Did you get that sense tonight? Yeah, definitely. And there was, you know, it wasn't like energy was the main issue or effort. It was just execution. And like Chris said, the, the coaching was, and it's the first time I've left of a game coached by Mike Norvell where I just thought they did not have a grasp of their personnel at all. You could mince decisions here and there in other games and going back to last week, the Notre Dame game, but you know, to not have Jay Sean Corbin running the ball late, to not having to prevent defense on the final play, uh, the self-inflicted wounds, the penalties that Chris mentioned. I mean, we're talking about five or six drops in this game, uh, just continually being in bad situations. There's just so much to go over where it just – it was brutal. It yeah. was brutal all the way across the board for FSU. It was. Um, the sem- I, let, I got to mention, I yep. hate the Wildcat. Can we just be done with it already? You have two quarterbacks capable of scrambling. Why are we getting cute with the Wildcat when you need to just go ahead and get the first down? Just work yourself north-south, get the first down. You're good enough at running the ball. It's just mind-blowing to me. Wildcat, to me, encapsulates just like – overdoing it there's times where it's simple works and i don't i don't get it and that i know that's a minor thing in comparison to the grand scope of all the issues they had 
Mm-hmm. But man, it drives me bonkers. I don't like it. I didn't like it last week. I sure as heck didn't like it tonight. Um, yeah. Regardless right. if it's out of Wildcat, if it's out of a power eye, if it's out of a shotgun and a quarterback draw, it's fourth and one, and you can't pick it up against Jacksonville State. Um, there are issues that, you know, we're talking about the offensive line, but it just trying to get the mindset of this team and, and, figuring out how to play winning football and you can't pick up fourth and one against an FCS team when you have to get it. Uh, I don't know guys. Yeah. And, and I think there's other missed opportunities as well to put this game away. There was dropped interceptions. There was, you know, some third and longs where if they just force a punt, maybe the game's over. If FSU can get a couple first downs, um, FSU threw for just 133 yards through the air. Milton makes his first start. Um, you know, he was the more efficient quarterback. He probably did deserve the start, but what, Brendan, what did you think of Milton's performance tonight? It's tough because a lot of the numbers aren't going to reflect the drops. And I mean, even that first drive, you have two drops, uh, mostly most notable, the Keyshawn Helton drop that, that prize a walk-in touchdown instead of ends the drive. Uh, but he didn't get a whole lot of help in terms of contested catches and whatnot from his guys tonight either. So, you know, McKenzie didn't play particularly sharp at times. He had an interception off the RPO where it just didn't look like he put the ball in the right place. But mm-hmm. there's miscommunications throughout the night, Josh. Like, there was an I- example on that second drive when they got really cute with the Jordan Travis uh, gadget stuff. The very first play of that, McKenzie Milton uh, tries to throw a smoke screen, like an audible hot route kind of deal to Andrew Parchment uh, based on what the defense did. And instead of just getting the ball to him on a safe play, that's basically an extended long handoff outside. And, you know, getting five or six yards on first down, it's an incomplete pass because Andrew Parchment ran forward instead of understanding what McKenzie wanted him to do and what the offense calls for. They just – they they don't have the personnel to consistently pass the ball, whether it's pass protection, okay. whether you – know, there's, there's receivers not catching the ball cleanly. They just don't have it. Now, and, Mike and, Norvell, I, I, I want to interrupt you because I wrote this down. Can you guys help me out with this? Mike Norvell said in his post-game presser that he's going to reevaluate offensive personnel. What does that even mean? A part of it is like, what? Well, Do you think he's talking about the wide receivers? I think he's talking about the wide receivers. Yes, I think less Andrew Parchment probably moving forward. Um, just watching the game, I know he put up some numbers, but he just doesn't do enough as a redshirt senior to, to keep playing him a ton. Um, but but also. They gave the ball to Lawrence Tofilly 10 times. He averaged 2.2 yards per carry, and I understand he's your most explosive player. But when you're trying to salt the clock, why not do Jay Sean Corbin and, and Trey Sean Ward when, when you know what you're consistently getting with those guys? Jay Sean Corbin set up the game. He wasn't hurt. Um, so I don't know if that's a personnel you know, decision they're going to evaluate whether they can go to Lawrence Tofilly a bunch of times. But I don't think that was something that I hate second-guessing go- coaches because it's so easy to do. That seemed like a – like just one personnel wise, it didn't make a lot of sense. Like why are you going to your explosive quick running back instead of your powerful ones? Other than that, I don't know what the other personnel stuff you can really evaluate uh, on offenses. I mean, your offensive line is what it is, Josh. Like you have, they say they have seven or eight guys, but that seems generous. Um, Quarterback, you know who you have and what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. I I don't, I don't know what the other options are. Maybe tight end. I I mean, white record scores every time you give them the ball, you know, (laughs) That's all he does is catch touchdown passes. Uh, that's all he does. Chris, touchdowns. Chris, are you yeah, buying? Yes. Are you buying Josh. that it's just personnel? 
No, I, I, I agree with Sinone about the running back rotation comments. That was foolish on the evening, in my opinion, to go away from Ward and Corbin, who had by far been the more effective backs on the evening. But they only have so much on offense. I, they're not magically going to play the free agency market right now and become a better offensive team. Right. They have shortcomings there. I mean, offensively, the penalty's got to end. You can't keep putting yourself beyond the chains. They can't live that life. They can't get away with it. So that's the first thing they got to figure out. The next thing is catch the damn ball. I mean, it's, it's catching the ball. Well, I never was good at it in my life, God knows. But I, I feel like at the collegiate level, if you're a high-level receiver, catching the ball shouldn't be such a task. And for whatever reason, at FSU, in recent memory, it has been. That has happened. That the offense here needs to be simple. Run the mm-hmm. damn ball. It's what they're good at. Line up and run it. And it doesn't have to be cute. Doesn't have to be wildcat. <laughs> I, was to gonna, I was gonna ask you that. Score score enough times, use the clock, move the ball, give yourself better field position. Hope your defense can actually get off the field and not allow three drives of damn near 80 yards each. But just and be, and be 50% you, on third down defense, too, which was embarrassing. Like, you got to get off the field on third down defense. Yeah. Like, you, you just got to do it. I mean, they've been in his time here, they've been better with explosive plays than they were this evening. They were horrendous in that regard this evening. And some of that is Keyshawn Helton not catching that early ball, a couple other drops. But in general, the explosive plays were limited this evening. They've got to be better in that regard. But, like, this offense doesn't need to look special and dynamic right now. I know you're trying to sell that recruit, so I understand that's a bit of a weighing act. Mm-hmm. But go out there and try to win football games. Win sells to recruits better than anything else, in my opinion. And, well, right now, they're in a dogfight to win six games this year. Yeah, yeah. Um... There's not I don't I don't know how much more we can say about a loss to Jacksonville State. It's embarrassing. However, real, this, real, yeah. real quick, Josh, can I ask you because your pulse, you have the finger on your pulse of, of oh, recruiting. Yeah. Chris is talking about recruiting. We talked about the goodwill they built last week recruiting. Um, I don't know if we want to be prisoners in the moment here, but how much does this loss serve as a setback for what they built up this offseason and, and even the opener against Notre Dame? Oh, I think you start to see the full picture. I mean, you know, you know, we saw a little bit in the opener against Notre Dame. We thought that this team maybe turned the corner. We felt we felt good about it, actually. And I think, you know, one step forward, two steps back. We're so used to saying that with this program. And here we are. We thought we broke through. We didn't realize that we took one step forward last week and we were going to take two steps backward this week. Now this team has to move on to ACC play. Uh, they go on the road to Wake Forest next week. How how does Mike Norvell, Brendan, how does Mike Norvell get this team focused and ready to go on the road to start ACC play? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the saving grace, if you're going to try to find some glimmer of optimism, is that you recruited these grad transfers in here from winning programs like Mackenzie Milton, like Jermaine Johnson, who said all the right things after tonight's loss. And you hope that they can carry your culture and try to keep younger guys engaged and give you a shot. The other side of that coin is like, there's a certain point where you like, you wonder if they don't have the same level of sweat equity at Florida state as, you know, if they were here for three, four years, 
whether that that kind of runs runs out and runs dry in a little bit. I don't know the answer to that, Josh, but I think that's your hope. That's what you cling to is that the veterans, the guys, even though they've been here for a short period of time, the guys who've been at winning programs can maybe keep you afloat and give you a, a puncher's chance on the road against Wake Forest. Otherwise, man, if you go 0-3, I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it falls out quickly. I think Chris. you worry might. Well, I was, I was just going to add to Sinone's point there. I think you worry mightily about self-doubt creeping right back in after a loss like that, where mm-hmm. you just, you know, the minute you get down, yeah, such a positive of a week ago, where they get down 18 and they fight, they battle, and they fight. There. They try. Something we haven't seen in recent years. But then you go and lay this egg. I mean, you start second-guessing yourself entirely, and it's not a program that can afford that. There's not enough guys that have that mental stability and fortitude built up that we can trust about that. Right. I think there's a lot of guys on this team that kind of have the here we go again feeling rather than, you know, this is foreign to me. Um, we're going to pick up the pieces this week on Knowles 24-7. Obviously, there's going to be some fallout from this, whether it be recruiting, position changes, uh, personnel changes. We're going to break it all down on Knowles 24-7 this week. Fellas, any final thoughts or or just things you want to get off your chest right now before we put this to bed? It does kind I mean, of I, suck I, that you're that you're two you're, you're you're basically you lose two games by a combined six points, and just the outlook of the program and the feeling is just completely different than what it could be. But yeah, that's that's where they are. It just feels uh, it just so tough. It's like where the goodwill was even a week ago. It just it feels so far gone. And I don't know if you can get that back quickly or not, but it, it sucks. You're so close to breaking through and and now it feels difficult to to find a path where you can you can do that and you can sell the climb effectively unless you just really turn things around and win a bunch of games in a row coming up here so it gets more difficult after here josh jacksonville state is at the bottom of the barrel of what you're about to face Yeesh. yeah I, I, six and six was going to be a difficult task before tonight was played and now it feels like a almost insurmountable task and right I, I legitimately am concerned about the long-term prognosis of this program if they don't hit six and six this year and that recruiting class crumbles. I think it puts them in a real bad, bad cycle program-wise of being sort of stuck at not being able to get out of a level of being bad slash at best mediocre. And that's a major, major concern. I, you know, I obviously don't want to see Florida State become that permanent but hell, they've been it for three years, well on their way to making it four. Some would argue maybe even five. Uh, it's just a big old worry. I mean, I, I watching that last play transpire, it was not a good feeling in any which way. It wasn't a good feeling in the immediate moment of man. It they just felt like a game. bad dream. The guys watching him. I mean, it it it, it unfolded kind of slowly, you know, and it felt like the guys were running in quicksand. And just <laughs> you didn't wake up from this bad dream, though, unfortunately. So for Florida State, they go to 0 and 2. They lose on the final play of the game, 20 to 17. We'll be at Knowles 24 7 all week trying to make sense of this, helping you guys through it and into ACC play. Talk to you soon. 
Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.